0: You're listening to the Frequency and Flow podcast, Brie Couric, episode number 43. In this episode, I'm going to be discussing a really fun thought experiment about what would happen if your intuition became the CEO of your business. This is actually the second episode out of a four-episode series All about human design and business. So, I recommend that you actually go back and start with the first episode in the series which aired last week titled The True Purpose of Human Design and Gene Keys in Business before you listen to the rest of this one. But if you're all caught up, let's dive in. Hello, beautiful. This is Bree Kirk, and you're listening to the Frequency and Flow podcast. You're committed to living life by your own rules, and that includes the actions you take to build your business. The Frequency & Flow podcast explains how to grow your business's unique brand, marketing, sales, and operations in alignment by leveraging your own energetic blueprint using human design and gene keys so that you can take aligned actions without force, frustration, or burnout. With over 15 years of online business experience, and now over four years into my own human design experiment, I discuss my own learnings and challenges while giving practical guidance that you can implement to build a fulfilling and abundant business that creates the life of freedom that you desire. Let's dive in. I vividly remember my first real observation and experience with a corporate CEO in their element. I was 23 years old and I was working at this cutting edge biotech company and I was doing entry-level marketing, specifically uh, entry-level marketing as an event coordinator for this company which at the time I thought was literally the best job in the entire world because I got paid to travel for these events. I may have been traveling to some stuffy conferences in the dental industry, but I didn't even care. I got to travel all over the US and in different places throughout the world for this job and I thought it was absolutely amazing. <laughs> and at that time when I was, you know, at this particular moment, We were planning and promoting the biggest conference of the year for this company. It was the biggest sales event of the year for them, where they made a majority of their annual revenue. This event, in particular, this, you know, the sales event, this conference had over a $1 million budget just for this event. To put this in context of the economy as a whole and what was happening, this was back in mid 2008. When the economy was starting to destabilize a little bit pre-recession and pre-crash, like Great Recession, (laughs) and there I was. I was invited to this big meeting about this big conference that included my boss, my boss's boss, who is the VP of marketing, and then my boss's boss, who is the CEO of the company. And normally I wouldn't be invited to those types of meetings, you know, with all of those higher level people. <laughs> I was like, wait, I you know I was just this little entry level person who was, you know, doing very admin type tasks for the most part. But this day it was different. This particular meeting, it was a meeting that was all hands on deck all of the departments came into this meeting together. It included marketing, it included sales, it included operations, finance, customer service, and I'm sure there were more. But everyone came and sat in this big meeting. And this was a situation that was a very critical moment for the company. You know, At that point, the company had invested hundreds of thousands of dollars on the event up to that point, just making deposits and Travel arrangements and things like that. Um, but, you know, re- registrations for the event were gut wrenchingly low. We were nowhere near any of our goals. We weren't even near anything near like what would be a break even point for this event in terms of registrations. A lot of that was just because there were the rumors and the mumblings of the recession getting louder and louder. And so, our clients and potential customers were scared to travel. You know, they had that fear like, oh, I shouldn't be spending any extra money and all of these things. So those mumblings kind of prevented people from registering from the event. And therefore, we were seeing the impact of it at the time. So we were having this meeting and it, the intention of the meeting was, what is the right move forward from here? Um, you know, in a way, it was a no-win situation either cancel the event and lose all of the deposits made to the tune of hundreds of thousands of dollars for the company, or run the event anyways and still lose hundreds of thousands of dollars on the low turnout and subsequently low sales that came out of the event that gener- generated the sig- majority of revenue for the business. It was a truly uncomfortable meeting, like nails on a chalkboard, uncomfortable. And for someone like me who is just like an entry-level person, whew, it was really tough. You, I felt that you could just feel the tension palpably. But I will never forget the lessons in leadership that I absorbed just by observing what was happening in this meeting. Like I said, each department was there. They were invited to share their specific perspective and opinions on the outcomes given these options, um, you know, from their perspective. So, you know, what was marketing's perspective if this event were canceled? Like, what would that be? What about customer service? What about finance? Like, what were all of the different possible outcomes? And all of the different departments that were represented there debated and they pushed each other And the CEO just basically sat there and observed. And sometimes he'd ask some questions to prod a little bit further when needed. But you could tell that as this debate was happening um, and it was ongoing, he was sitting there running through all of the different options in his mind, playing out all the different scenarios to find the option that not only mitigated the risk, um, but also provided the best possible outcome for everyone involved given the situation that the company was in. That's the job of a CEO. As the chief executive officer of a company, it's their job to understand the field of all possible scenarios and to make decisions, many, many, many decisions that they make that are in the best interest of the company at large. It doesn't matter if there are literally infinite possibilities or it's a no-win situation like we were sitting in, in that moment in that meeting. CEOs have to make countless decisions and follow through on them every single day. It pays literally to be able to see that future And to see the waterfall effect of all of those possibilities and to make important and high impact decisions quickly and confidently. That is why CEOs of some of these big corporations make so much, you know, millions of dollars because it is a very stressful job and a very important job obviously to make all of these decisions and to make them all you know in an environment where nothing's ever going to be perfect and just doing the best with the information that you have it's definitely a skill <laughs> and at this level you know at the level of a CEO of a publicly traded company the pressure, of, you know, in my situation with this company that I was at, the pressure of each decision becomes extra, extra intense. And while it may require gathering some information in order to make an educated decision, like my CEO did in that meeting, or maybe even a pause to contemplate and think about all the potential waterfall impact of all the outcomes um like he actually did this uh CEO did for a few days after that particular meeting until he told us what his decision was which for those of you who are curious we ended up canceling the event we gave him all of the options, he took a few days to contemplate it, and then he came to that decision. The one thing that you do not want to do as a CEO is to become wishy-washy or to flip-flop in the decisions that you are making. Not only is your company at stake, but potentially the livelihoods of all of the people within the company who work underneath you as well. And that is like that pressure is on a CEO at any given moment you might not be running a multi-million dollar business yet. And you might not even be at the point where you have a team that can help you navigate the decisions that you have to make every single day in your business. But as a leader, as a founder, as an entrepreneur, by default, you are the CEO. You are the chief decision maker of your business. And this can be very scary, especially if you are at the point where you are just getting started and especially at the point where you don't have the business experience or online marketing experience. You might need to have all the information at your fingertips to make the best educated decision for your business. Many decisions come with thought. Sometimes it's like I have no idea what I'm doing and so Hopefully this works. You know, I know a lot of my friends, colleagues, and even clients in this space um, or peers I should say, a lot of them say I don't really know, but I'm just going to make a decision and run with it. You know, hopefully this works. That's that's a lot of what people are saying and you know, that is what is inherent with being a CEO is that there's just a, there's always going to be a level of unknown, so you just have to take what you have and make a decision and run with it. You know, or because on the flip side, there's the, you know, you could make a decision, but then if you're second guessing yourself over and over and over again, you know, that is going to be troublesome in its own right as well. You know, for the people you're working with, for the people that you're serving and your audience, if you continually go back and forth and flip flop, it's going to be really confusing for the people that you serve as well. So, this is a lot of pressure (laughs) on someone who, like you, who just wants to be of service and share your gifts. It honestly might even feel like the weight of the world is on your shoulders. And it is enough pressure to steer you away from this adventure of starting your own business or growing your own business altogether. I know a lot of people who have gone down this path and this pressure to make right decisions and find out the right decisions that has kept them away from pursuing this vision and this dream and creating this reality of their own, you know, purpose-driven and soul-led business. And <laughs> it's very understandable, right? You know, if you're on this journey, you're stuck in this loop of mental pressure, you know, and from the way that I described earlier, you can kind of hear this mental pressure. You know, you feel the weight of the world on your shoulders and you feel the pressure of success or failure with every single step forward and every single decision that you take in your business and if you're like me and you're very logical minded or kind of an overthinker which is totally me <laughs> you know it might feel like you're constantly you know running calculations about all of the possible outcomes and lost opportunities for each of the decisions that you make you know it's it's a constant Pressure to make the right decision at the right time. It is exhausting. Let me tell you, I'm sure you understand this, but this pressure is what leads to burnout. This pressure is what makes you not want to dive into your business. You know, it makes you want to avoid it or ignore it or just walk away from it altogether. It is exhausting. And if you've ever felt that way, let me tell you, I've been there too. And so I completely understand. And I'll venture to guess that this is the reason that for so much of the mental burnout that newer business owners face is this mental pressure to always make the right decision at the right time or trying to figure out what that right decision is in the first place. Here's where my thought experiment comes in. What would happen if you delegated the CEO role of your business to your intuition? What if you said, you know what? This pressure is no longer on me and my brain. This pressure, intuition, you got this. You take it, you run with it. I'm just, I'm going to delegate that pressure. I'm going to take it off my shoulders and I'm going to put it on yours, intuition. (laughs) If you surrendered all of the decision-making and the analyzing and the pressure to make the correct decision, if you surrendered all of that decision-making happening in your head, if you surrendered it to your heart instead, What would happen if you trusted that your intuition always knew the best decision for you and your business, the best way, the best path forward for you in this moment? Even though maybe some of those decisions might not make sense or they might seem illogical, but what if you trusted them anyways because you chose to delegate that responsibility to your intuition and you trusted that your intuition? always do the best answer for you. Does that begin to take that pressure off of you and off of your mind to figure things out? Does it take the weight of your business and your future off your shoulders? Like, do you feel when you think about delegating that that decision-making to your intuition, does it begin to just lift that weight from your shoulders? I know it does for me. I want you to take a moment to ponder, and you can even pause this episode if you need to. I want you to ponder what would it feel like if I promoted my intuition to CEO of my business? What would it mean? What would you do? You know, what would the human version of you do if you didn't have to figure everything out with your mind? And how would it free you from the heaviness of All the decisions and all of the distractions at hand in any given moment in your business. Would it open you up to be more creative, to have more fun? You know, I know for me, that's how I feel. I feel a lot more creative. You know, it feels a lot more fun and engaging. So like I said, I want you to just take a moment and ponder this. And if right now is the time to pause the podcast and maybe journal on it or just, you know, contemplate it, then go ahead. (laughs) Because you can't go wrong when your intuition is making decisions on your behalf. When your intuition is making decisions on behalf of your business and perhaps you, no matter what decision is made, it is the best and the only decision for you in that moment. There's no question about it. So allow your intuition to become that confident decision maker in your business and allow it to step into this role right now. Think about it. Just what would happen right now? What decisions are plaguing your mind and running, you know, what are putting pressure on your mind? What would happen if you just delegated those right now? Because the larger and the more successful that your business becomes, the more daunting the decisions that you will be making on behalf of your business will be. The bigger your business becomes, the more consequential some of those big decisions become. There's more people affected. There's a bigger ripple effect. So the more that your business grows, if you continue to keep that pressure on your mind and on your shoulders, your human shoulders, it's only going to get more and more stressful as your business grows. But if you're able to delegate that pressure and that decision and that analyzing to your intuition, you can work with it and train it and grow with it as your business grows so that the weight doesn't get heavier and heavier on your shoulders as your business continues to expand. And maybe at this point you might be thinking, well, this all sounds great, but how do I even know if it's my ego or my intuition that I'm hearing if I delegate my business? Like, how do I know if what I'm hearing is even my intuition or is it just my mind playing tricks on me? (laughs) I also get the question a lot, like, how can... You know, I'm not really sure that I can fully trust my intuition right now because I'm still developing my relationship with it. So what does that mean for me? And I'll be honest, this is something that I can help you with. And this is where human design and Gene Keys come in and show their full, like, beautiful colors and help with this specifically. Because like I said on last week's podcast, the first episode of this four-episode podcast series. Uh, called Human Design in Business, we actually talked about what the true purpose of human design and gene keys in business, like what their true purpose, purpose is. And that is to strengthen your connection to your intuition, to make it clearer, to make it stronger, to make it speak more clearly so that you can discern the difference between what your intuition is telling you and what your ego or your mind is telling you. So if you haven't listened to that episode yet, again, I highly recommend you go back and listen to this that first. Just pause right now and go back and listen to that one. So human design and gene keys, they act like coaches to your intuition. They help it do the exercises and the reps necessary for your intuition to become st- clearer, stronger and work faster, establishing that clear channel between your head and your heart and training your intuition to become the best CEO possible of your business. And the best CEO that your business could ever have leading it. Yes, your intuition can have multiple coaches, of course. You know, it doesn't always just have to be gene keys and human design. You can have actual coaches that you hire for your to work on your business. You can have inspiration from books and things that also help you, you know coach the CEO that helped grow your business, but I do believe that Gene Keys and human design are two of the best coaches for your intuition and for your business, and this is why you need them both. When I think about how these systems both together strengthen your intuition, this is kind of funny, but it actually remind, makes me think of the show Cobra Kai on Netflix. Have any of you watched that show? I- <laughs> It's actually one of the very few shows that my husband and I can actually agree on watching together because there's a little bit of action and a little bit of romance and, you know, we don't agree on a whole lot, but I guess Cobra Kai is one of them. And, you know, human design and Gene Keys are the advisors, the guides, the spiritual mentors to your intuition. And human design specifically is more like the style of Johnny Lawrence, the reformed Johnny Lawrence, that is, who's very to the point, very prescriptive. You know, he, he teaches very much like this lesson directly applies to karate and how you spar and how you compete. And he has them, you know, get a lot of their experience by sparring each other and fighting each other constantly. Like, what you see is what you get. Every lesson is directly applicable. And your human design gives you those very direct clues as to how to build your business in alignment and how to thrive within your energetic blueprint. If you know how to read your chart, you can see very specifically how these things kind of line up and what that means for your business. It's very like directly applicable. Gene Keys, on the other hand, is more like the style of miyagi Do. where you learn these things that seem very unrelated to karate, aka your business in this this analogy. You know, things like wax on, wax off, and paint the fence. And you're learning these things and you're like, what does this even have to do? I wanted to learn karate. Like, what does this have to do with anything? They teach you those lessons and they keep you practicing and practicing those while you continue to wonder – When you're actually going to get to something that matters, you know, like the like (laughs) like the kids in Cobra Kai, they're like when they come into Miyagi-Do style, they're like, I want to actually get to karate. Why are we sitting here waxing cars? And they keep thinking, when are we going to get to the good stuff? When are we going to get to the good stuff? And then one day it all comes full circle where they learn when wax on, wax off is actually a very effective blocking move. You know, it's like they don't understand. They don't understand. They're trying to figure it out. And then one day they have this epiphany where they're actually taught what all of that actually meant and why all of a sudden it is super applicable to karate, (laughs) right? So it's like Gene Keys kind of takes you on a journey that unfolds as you progress through it. And it might not fully make sense right away. It might not be directly applicable. You know, and you might not see the direct benefits to it right away, but it leads to those epiphanies and it leads to those breakthroughs that unlock your deepest, truest gifts on your path to purpose. And this is why Gene Keys and human design work so well together and why they are so effective at developing your intuition and increasing your confidence in the decisions that your intuition is making on your human's behalf. So before I wrap up today, I want you to just take a moment to think about what it would mean for you and for your business if you were to surrender that CEO role and responsibilities to your intuition. How does it feel? And what would you do differently in your business if your intuition started taking the lead when it came to your decisions? And how can you use these coaches, these masters? To your intuition, your human design and gene keys to strengthen your intuition and to sharpen your intuition so that the decisions that you're making can be made quickly, more confidently, and with more certainty on this wild journey that we're on where the answer, you know, you're always in a moving, changing environment. And so sometimes you just have to make decisions without knowing everything. And how can you use these tools to make your intuition as effective and efficient as possible as you navigate all of the change and chaos sometimes around you. So if aligning your business and your marketing strategy to your human design is something that's calling to you, you can take the first step forward in my new free workshop series, Human Design, Marketing Strategy, and Business Alignment. The topics we are discussing in this four-week human design and business podcast series are just One small component of what is covered in the workshops in this series. This workshop series lays the foundation for creating and implementing an effective marketing strategy using your human design, a marketing strategy that aligns with your unique energy so that you can continue to build, grow, and scale your purpose-driven business with less force, less frustration, and less burnout. You can find the link below in the episode description. And if you liked or resonated with what I heard today, or if you're also a Cobra Kai fan, <laughs> make sure that you share this episode with your community tagging me at Bree Kirk, or leave me a five-star review on your favorite podcast or video platform. In the next episode of the Frequency and Flow podcast, and in the third episode of this four episode human design and business podcast series, I'll be discussing the most important roles in your intuition led business. I'll see you there. Thank you for listening to the frequency and flow podcast with me, Bree Couric. I am so grateful you're here. If you liked what you heard today, I invite you to subscribe, rate, and leave a review so others can benefit from this information as well. Head on down to the episode description to get links to all my content and programs, including free resources made just for you. I hope you have a beautiful day.